All right, take your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7 tonight. Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to try to be shorter tonight. Mr. Forbes said I better be done by 645 because he wants to get out there and watch that game. But I'm kidding. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. But uh, actually, and so when I was putting this message together, I finished it up and everything else. It was actually a little shorter than some of the ones that we have done on Sunday nights. Didn't have anything to do with the game. I could care less about it, honestly. I really could, and I know most of you could care less either. Uh, but um, <clears throat> should be a little bit shorter tonight. Matthew chapter 7, but, but, but a great topic, a great topic that Jesus addresses here in this passage. It says in verse number 7, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom, if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your, heavenly, shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? God wants us to pray. One of the main themes of the Bible, I think, it's, it's a theme that's repeated again and again and again from one end of the Bible all the way to the other. Our whole theme last year was continue in prayer. And boy, I could probably have preached a message on prayer in some form or other every single week of the entire year. We didn't do that. We, we jumped around on some other topics. But, uh, and I don't simply mean, you know, just a little... Diddy, now I lay me down to sleep. I'm not talking about, you know, just the required prayer before the meal or, you know, you bow your head and, and pray when the pastor prays or somebody prays during a service. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, just sitting respectfully with your head bowed for a moment of silence or something like that. I'm, I'm talking about that God desires for you to come to him with your needs often, uh, repeatedly, specifically, fervently. That's how God expects us to come with our prayers before him. Uh, prayer at this level is designed by God, not only for himself um, to bring us into his presence, but for him to edify us. Look, that's what a relationship is with God, isn't it? We talk about that all the time, that, that, that talking to God is, is the same thing as having a relationship with somebody else, right? If, if one person did all the talking, that relationship would be kind of messed up, you know? <laughs> And, uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way, that if we only read the Bible, then you know, our relationship with him is going to be messed up. I'm not, I don't mean that necessarily, but God intends for not only for him to speak to us, but for us to speak to him. And, and that's done through prayer. Prayer brings us to the place of, of just complete dependence on him. That's not enslaving, that's actually liberating. When we, when we are in a place of complete dependence on him, that does not mean that that, well, now I'm in prison and I, I can't do anything else because I'm completely depending on God. No, it's actually a very liberating thing for us to be completely dependent on Him. And it's only in Him that we're going to find what we need to live out a vibrant Christian life. So prayer is the means that God uses and, and the means by which God furnishes us with wonderful blessings that can only come from Him and can only come in His way. That is only accomplished through prayer. Prayer is the method by which Jesus Christ was transfigured. It's one of the primary methods by which we ourselves are transformed from glory to glory into His image. Prayer is our way of spending time with God. It's, it, it's, our, it's our, our, our way of expressing to Him the love and the affection that wells up inside us or should well up inside us as a response to His great love for us. All of those things and more are accomplished by prayer. So tonight, I'm going to just give you a few statements from this passage on our text here in Matthew chapter 7. 
And let's look at the idea of prayer and just say this. Ask him. Ask him. That's what he's telling us to do. Just ask. Just ask. Let's pray, and then we'll look at a few things in here tonight. Father, we love you. Again, we thank you for how good you are to us. I thank you for the time that we can spend together around your word. I thank you for this passage. I thank you for the richness that we can gain from it. pray that you'd help us in our prayer lives to be in prayer what you want us to be. And God, that through it, we might be made better people, stronger Christians, and have a better relationship with you. pray that you'd give us exactly what we need tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Now... I want you to turn, if you will, keep, keep a bookmark or your finger, probably a bookmark would be better because we're going to turn to a lot of different passages in a short amount of time here. So keep a bookmark in Matthew chapter 7, but turn over to Luke chapter 11. Uh, the first thing is this, he simply wants us to ask. He simply wants us to ask. He has what we need, but if he gives it to us without our asking, it wouldn't accomplish his purpose in prayer. Does God know actually what we need before we pray it? Absolutely he does. He's God. He knows everything. He knows what you need. He knows what I need. He knows uh, everything before we pray. But yet he still commands us to pray because he has a purpose in prayer. He calls on us in scripture frequently to ask him for things. And so to encourage us, he surrounds us with just one admonition after another in the Bible with promises that he will answer our prayers. Luke chapter 11 and verse number 9. Turn to these as you can. You might get a little bit behind because I'm going to go through these quickly, but there's so many verses in here uh, that God just simply wants us to ask him. Verse, Luke chapter 11 and verse number 9. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18 and verse number 19. Matthew chapter 18 and verse number 19. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Well, I wish we had time to, to, to stop on every one of these verses and explain exactly what he's talking about. But what a promise there. Two of you agree that this is something that we need to pray for. He's going to answer that request for you. Just ask him. That's what he's saying. Matthew chapter 21, just a couple pages over from that, and verse number 22. By the way, this is practice for Wednesday night for our sword drill. Matthew chapter 21 and verse number 22. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. All things, anything, whatsoever ye ask, he's going to give it to you. John chapter 14. We'll be in, we got four verses in John chapter four, uh, in John right there next to each other. So if you turn over to John chapter 14, you'll be close to a few of these. John chapter 14 and verse number 13. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John chapter 15 and verse number 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit that your fruit should remain, and whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. John chapter 16, verse 23 and verse 24. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. The next verse, hitherto ye have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Turn over to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, we've got a couple verses in the book of James that tell us to simply ask, ask, ask. James chapter 1 and verse number 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, 
and it shall be given him. James chapter 4 and verse number 2. Ye lust and ye have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not. Why? Because ye ask not. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. There's something helpful, I think, in reading those things one after another. They gain weight. They greatly encourage us to simply bring our needs and our desires that we have before us to the throne of grace. God simply wants us to ask. God is imploring us to ask him to do something. Those are such wonderful, powerful thoughts in the Bible. Ask. How many times does he have to say it? Ask and it will be given to you. Just ask. That's what he's telling us to do. The only person that never asks for help is, is the fool who thinks that he doesn't need help. And if you, were, you and I were to sit down in a conversation, it wouldn't be very long before we could come up with a lengthy list of things that we need God's help with. We need God's help. We cannot do it alone. So the simple truth is that we just need to ask. We need help in parenting. We need help in providing. We need help in growing. We need help in choosing a life partner. We need help, help in marriage. We need help in dealing with trouble and pain and sorrow. We need help in success and, and praise and wealth. We need help in emergencies. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on with the things that we need help with. And what does he say? Ask. Ask. He'll help us with those. God likes to be asked. He likes it when we come to him to meet our needs instead of turning somewhere else. You know, he's fully capable of helping us with whatever it is that we're asking him to do. And, you know, many times people think that prayer is only about asking God to give me money, provide for me for this, give me that. And the Bible says that God is, God, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He is certainly capable of, of handling anything that we need. Look, if, if a business or, or a company can come up with $5 million for a 30-second Super Bowl ad, don't you think that God can give $5 million to his children that are asking him for things that will bring honor and glory to his name? And I'm not saying that, oh, God, I need $5 million so that I can have a huge house. Could you imagine how people would, would look at us if, if, if I had a huge house? They would know that you did it. You know, it's not that. It's not, it's not to consume it upon your lusts, like the Bible says. But could you imagine if God gave us a property that is $6 million? People would know that God gave it to us because there's no $6 million floating around. We're growing a tree with money on the back, but it just doesn't bloom very much. God can give us that money. God can provide those things for us. We have to ask. We have to ask. I think many times God has so many things that he's got in his hand waiting to give to us, and we never ask him. And so he says, well, if they're not going to ask, then I'm not going to give it. He has a purpose in prayer, and he wants us to simply ask. He can do the job better than anywhere else we can turn for help. So ask him. We just need to ask. Ask unashamedly, somebody said, like a homeless man at the intersection. Ask desperately like the parent of a kidnapped child imploring the criminal to return her son. Ask repeatedly like a strong salesman who refuses to take no for an answer, but above all, just ask. What an encouragement to know that we simply just need to ask. But also, the second thing is this. He wants us to ask him to, en to encourage us to ask. He promises that he's going to give. Turn back over to Matthew chapter 7. Now, don't, don't misunderstand the word of God this evening. This verse is not some kind of mantra that we repeat and, and like we're rubbing a genie. That's, we're hoping that a, a magic genie is going to pop out and do our bidding. Just like with all scripture, this one has to be kept in context about what prayer is really about. 
of all else that God says about prayer. And I, I cannot ask contrary to the will of God and expect him to answer those prayers for me. I can't ask selfishly, like we just mentioned, to consume it upon my lust and expect him to, to help. I can't ask doubting the very God that I'm coming to and expect him to answer those requests. I can't ask and then get angry when God doesn't immediately answer the request that I'm bringing before him. But having said that, one of the main points of our text is for God to show us just how eager he is to provide what it is that we're asking. Notice the word shall in these couple verses. Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 7. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened, right? That's a promise. What a great promise that is. And as if that were not enough, combined with these great, exceeding great and precious promises that he's given us, we have the wonderful illustration of a loving father that is thoughtfully providing for the needs of his children. He continues on with that passage and he says, is, is there anybody that if his son asks bread, he's going to give him a stone? No, you want to give good things to your children, Right? Is there anybody that, that if his son is going to ask him to, for a fish, he's going to give him a serpent? No, because you're going to give good things to those that ask, right? You want to treat your children in a nice way. You want to do nice things for your children. He loves to be asked, and he loves to give. God's a great giver by nature. We don't have to go very far and to, to think about John chapter 3 and verse 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And if he already gave us the most precious possession that he has, why would he hold back anything else from us? James chapter, I mean, Romans chapter 8, I'm sorry, in verse 32, it says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If he was willing to give his son the most precious possession that he had, why would he hold back anything else from us? He loves to be asked. He loves to give. Now, let me give you the third thing. Turn over to Luke chapter 11. We should just ask. To encourage us to ask, he promises to give. But then the third thing is, when it looks like those two things aren't true, keep asking. When it looks like those two things aren't true, keep asking. Now, there's a parallel passage in Luke chapter 11 to this one here in Matthew chapter 7. Uh, it's, uh, he, he prefaced it with, with a beautiful story of a friend who just was persistent. Uh, he needed food to meet the needs of some guests that just unexpectedly showed up at his house, and it was late at night, it was inconvenient. His needs were met for the simple reason that he refused to stop asking. Luke chapter 11 and verse 5, I know you're familiar with the story, but it says this, And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend? And shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing set to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I, I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needed. And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Well, that story, Christ directly linked Matthew chapter 7 and Luke chapter 11 together, and he, he links the concept of just perseverance in prayer. Ask him, 
ask Him. Keep asking Him. He's given us the promise that He's going to answer, and when He doesn't answer, keep asking. If God loves to be asked and, asked and loves to give, then why does He not immediately give us the things that we ask for? Sometimes He doesn't, though. We also often expect God to act like you know, Amazon, and we, we pray, and in two days, the answer is there at the door, right? And sometimes, hopefully, you can click on that thing and find out, oh, I can get next day delivery on this thing, right? It's always nice to be able to see that they have next day delivery, but God doesn't always work that way. He's, he's not an Amazon.com, you know? He's, he's the God of the universe, and Amazon.com doesn't know what's best for me. God does, and sometimes he's not going to answer my request tomorrow because that may not be the best thing for me. But the truth is that God works on his own timetable. Yes, he's an all-powerful God, and he could answer that request tomorrow. He could answer that request this second if he chose to. He can manufacture your answer right out of thin air if he wanted to. Most of the time, he chooses to use some form of natural means that requires a natural amount of time. And sometimes he, he says no to those things. Twice in my life, I was in a relationship with a girl before I met my wife. One, I was, I was so naive, I had no idea what I was doing. The second was about halfway through college. And, um, you know, both were serious to me, but neither one worked out the way that I had planned. And so when God allowed the second relationship that I was in to end, I felt like God had let me down. And I begged God, let things, you know, let these things work out. Let everything, let everything work out the way that I want them to work out. Let us get back together, all these things. You know how it is when you're young and in love and all of that stuff, or at least you think you are. And it, it, it just did not work out. And you know what? I look back at that, and I am so glad that God said no. Because if, if God had just said, okay, 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 here's your request. Here's what you're asking for. You can have it. I cannot even imagine how different my life would be right now. You know, there would be no Mount Victory Baptist Church in Glen Allen, Virginia. Nothing would have brought me here. You know, God knew that that relationship had to end in order for me to eventually find the girl that was going to become my wife. He had to find the girl who had a father who was a pastor in Virginia to bring me down here. He had to know that I had to be in Virginia to get a burden for this area, and he had to be able to call me to this area. I'd never even heard of Glen Allen, Virginia before, and probably never would have had it not been for the fact that God said no to that request. If I got what I wanted, I would have ruined a whole lot of things for myself. And, you know, obviously, if, if, if I had gotten what I wanted, that would have been in God's will and everything else. But whatever, what happened in the meantime is that the answers to my prayers required me to grow up before I was able to handle the thing that I was asking for. And I was asking, what I was asking for was misplaced, but God knew what my heart was, and he gave me what I needed. And he gave me way above and beyond what I ever thought I could use. Twice, when we were looking to start this church, I thought we had found the perfect building to start in. A hotel was the absolute last place that I wanted to be. Um... There was no desire in me to start in a hotel at all because I just, you know, I mean, my thought was I would never go to a hotel for church. Why would somebody else, you know? And I think a lot of people had that idea. That's why we stopped growing, by the, you know, in the hotel. It was perfect for what we needed when we had it. But two times, two times, I thought we had found the perfect building. God, this is a great place. Give it to us. Please, please, show yourself strong. Answer this request. Give us this building. And he said, no. 
And I look back on those two, two different places that I had found, and I am so glad that God said no. Because there's a very strong possibility. They were, they were not even, both of them were actually kind of over in a Staples Mill Road area. Not even really close to this. I never would have been driving by this place day after day after day like we did. You know, God knew what we needed when we needed it. And both times when God said no on that building, I thought, God, you let me down. This was a great place. This was a perfect opportunity for the church to start in this building. And you said, no. Did you bring me out here just to leave me in the wilderness? I didn't say those words, but that's how I felt. Because sometimes God says no. But I could tell you so many stories of things that God's done here in just the three short years and some odd, three, three and some odd year history of this church, how God answered prayer after prayer after prayer after prayer and showed himself strong in so many ways. And I'm telling you what, I've gotten to the point now where when God says no about something, it's hard to get mad because I know that when he says no, he's got something so much better in store for us. But he still wants us to ask. Sometimes a no is not a no, it's just a delay. God's delays are not always God's denials. He just might want us to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. In some cases, the delay is caused not by God preparing the answer, but by God preparing us. Sometimes we're not ready for the answer that he's going to give us. Sometimes we're not ready for the, for the thing that we're asking for. We couldn't handle it if we got it. So God has to delay the answer until we've developed enough strength or until we've developed enough maturity or whatever it is that, that he wants us to develop. Other times the devil fights the answer because he knows how valuable it is. Only persistent prayer breaks through. I've lived long enough and seen God answer enough prayers after a lengthy period of praying Keep me motivated when I find myself asking for the same thing over and over and over again. Because God wants to answer prayer. It's not that God's saying, ha ha, I've got something you need and I'm not going to give it to you. You know, the kids do that sometimes. They'll, they'll hold on to something. They don't even really want it, but they know that somebody else does and so they're not giving it up, right? God doesn't play games with us like that. God's not standing there saying, ha ha, you, you can't have it because it's in my hand. No, God is standing there saying, I want to give this to you. Just ask me. Just ask me. And we stop praying, and he says, no, please don't stop. Don't stop praying. Ask again. Ask again. I've got something that I'm trying to accomplish through this. Keep asking. Keep asking. I want to give this to you. I've got something even better than what you're asking for, but keep asking. Keep praying. Keep coming to me. I have a purpose that I'm trying to fulfill in this whole thing. We have to continue to beg him. And when we do that, we pay him great honor. And we build a faith that is sturdy, that places within us that strong belief that God's going to answer prayers. And then when he finally does, boy, it strengthens your faith even more for the next time. And when God answers a prayer, boy, if you feel like you could, you could charge up the mountain and, and take anything you want, right? You need something. I know that because just like me, you're human. Ask him. Just ask. That's all he wants us to do. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Again, we thank you so much for how good you are to us. I thank you for the privilege that we have in prayer. And God, I pray as we read in Luke chapter 11 and here in Matthew chapter 7 that we would just be persistent in prayer. 
we wouldn't give up. God, the, the answer might be just around the corner, and when we stop just short of it, we don't reach the finish line. We don't get what we've been praying for. God, you're such a good God. It's not that you're holding those things back from us because you're being selfish or greedy or any of those things. It's because you're trying to do something in us and through us. Sometimes we may not even see your purpose in all of it. But I pray that you'd help us to just keep asking. You've told us it shall be given to you. We shall find. The door shall be opened. It's a promise. I pray that you'd help us to have the faith to believe that you can do it. Thank you again for everything that you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, stand at your seats with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. As the piano plays, the invitation is open and you can come.